Hey there, this is Michael Harris. You know, I'm, I, I wrote a brand new intro here yesterday, so I'm going to read the intro since I don't have it down pat yet. Is that okay? Well, it doesn't matter. I'm going to do it anyway. Welcome to Falling Up Radio. This is a show that brings guests that will help inspire all of us to really live the life of our dreams, to really live fullest. Now, it doesn't matter where you've been. Perhaps even it's better if you've fallen hard a couple of times. What really matters is where you want to go, and are you ready to take the action and to take the steps to make that happen? If that is you, then you are in the right place today. Hi, my name is Michael Harris. I mentioned that earlier. I'm a number one best-selling author. I'm going to show you my book because that's what I do, Falling Down, Getting Up. You can actually get a free copy of the book, really easy website, fallingdowngettingup.com. That's it. I'm also a contributing author to this book called Expert Success Solutions, both number one books in some different categories. So yes, I too have personally crashed and burned. That's what the book's about. So I know what it's like to hit bottom and to hit bottom hard. I almost died. I had near-fatal health issues, addictions. I've been broke. I've been rich. I've, I've done it all. And, you know, today what I'm really here doing is helping to bring other people, again, like I said, that have insights that can help us realize that we can really have the life that we want. Again, like I mentioned earlier, as long as we're willing to take the action to make that happen. So enough about me. What I want to do is to really get, you know, our guest on here pretty quickly to get him talking about what he does. This is really an amazing, amazing man. I met this, this gentleman earlier this year through a business conference, um, several business meetings that I've been to. I didn't know who he really was. He, he would wander around with a bow tie and a smile on his face, and I'm thinking, who's this crazy, crazy character? Well, it turns out that at one point in his life, he was an evil. He calls himself an evil internet marketer. And then he had an epiphany, and he realized that he wasn't living the life that he wanted to live, and wasn't serving the way that he really felt good in his heart about serving. So he had an epiphany. Again, I don't want to tell you about it. I want him to tell you about it. But one of the things that this gentleman does now is he helps create heroes. He actually helps create heroes. People hire him. Maybe like maybe Batman or Superman would hire this guy to to show him how to be a hero, to show Batman how to get out of his cave and go out into Gotham and save the world. So he did this for me too. Not too long ago, a few months ago, we had a call. And on the call, we were talking about getting on stage. I've spoken on some stages in the past, and I haven't really been doing it uh, that much lately, but he called me out on it. He says, so you've got something on stage to say, yet your self-esteem is in a place you're afraid to, to take the steps up to the stage. I wanted to hit the guy in the side of the head because he was exactly right. So he called me out. So there's so much more that I could just talk about this guy about, but I don't want to waste any more time. Steve, before I you know, do a, a number on your last name, Remind me how to say it. It's kind of a tongue twister. Absolutely. Uh, you say it very carefully, as a matter of fact. <laughs> so it's Steve Bartetsko. Now, look, it's only daunting because there's so many consonants involved. My father, of course, is from Central and Eastern Europe, and they like to just throw all the consonants in, in that case. But you know what? It's actually, it looks worse than it really is because it's spelled and it's pronounced exactly how it's spelled. As a matter yeah. of fact, it's Bartetsko. Bartetsko. You got it. Okay, I got it. Excellent. So I, I want to get into this stuff about helping people recognize their inner hero, but I also want to know more about this evil marketer that used to live inside of you. Can you tell us about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it pains me to do so. 
frankly. But yeah, let me absolutely get into that. But first, let me set the stage for you. Because I wasn't always like that. All right. I I was actually quite a happy-go-lucky individual. I was there, frankly, to help people. I used to run the customer service department in an auto glass company, Mm -hmm. of all things. Mm -hmm. You may ask, how in the world, Steve, did you get from auto glass into internet marketing? They go together like eggs and fiberglass. That was the question I was just going to ask. How'd you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? Uh, We used to, my autoglass company, we used to take care of all the the major rental car agencies in the United States. Wow. We had quite a good business of this, as a matter of fact. So anytime that you would go on a vacation, especially to a major city, if you were to rent a car and drive about and and accidentally break the windshield or, or the glass or so on, Though that company would call us to come replace that glass for you. And I, I really loved what I was doing, as a matter of fact. I, this was probably one of my most favorite times when I was in employment of another. And I say that because, well, I tell you what, let me, let me set the stage for you in telling you that this family that I was part of, we went from about $15 million annual down to about $7 million in a week. Wow. So let me explain a little bit of what happened is, is because we had the contracts with these major rental car companies, one of them in particular was actually about half of our business. And unfortunately we lost that contract with a week's notice. So half of our business just, vaporized like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And we had to lay off half of our workforce. And I tell you what, it was a bit of a soul crushing experience because we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know if the entire business was going to fold up shop, but more importantly, we had to let half of that workforce go and including some of my good friends. Mm. And in order to build that business back up, we actually ended up turning to internet marketing, to someone who's considered a super affiliate, someone Mm -hmm. that can send lots of eyeballs onto web pages in order to get them aware, of course, of our service if they needed a, a, a new piece of glass or new windshield in their car. Well, this was enough, as a matter of fact, this was enough that when our parent company decided to bring everybody else back east. Uh, I'm here uh, in, well, kind of spoiled in the Southern California sun. But uh, our our parent company said, hey, come on back to Ohio. We have a a great job for you. And I said, look, I love Ohio. I love the people that that I work with there. But I like to visit snow, not live in it. I'll I'll admit that one. Uh, So instead, what I decided to do was turn to that internet marketing. The same thing that got us back from actually from about $7 million all the way back up to about $10, $11 million annual. Pretty good return on the pace that we had, as a matter of fact. But I was fascinated by this. How does this work? How does internet marketing work? How is it that you can get something and provide this solution online to the customers that Maybe they weren't looking for it. Maybe they were looking for it. How do you get that right attention onto your? What, 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 what year? What year was that? Because today, sure. the internet's used every day by and we're oh, absolutely, absolutely. Now, uh, let me answer that with with two answers. And uh, first answer is saying this was back. I want to say about two thousand nine, two thousand ten, which doesn't seem so long ago, but Look, frankly, in internet marketing, that was eons ago. Yeah, absolutely. That was uh, a long, long time ago. It was, it was really still in the, the stages where you could just throw up a website and a lot of people are just going to buy something from you just because it's there. Yeah. But see, unfortunately, unfortunately, in my zest to learn everything, in my zeal to learn everything on internet marketing, I found myself 
going down the wrong path. Mm. I found myself involved in a side of the industry that is not always got the best types of individuals. So this is the evil side you're talking this about. This is, this is. Uh, and unfortunately, look, uh, now let me, let me, let me make something clear. Okay. When I say evil side, let me make this comparison to, to give you an idea here. Uh, most people that sell, let's say a pre-owned vehicle, most people that sell a pre-owned vehicle are just honest, hardworking folks. They're trying to help you. You're looking for a near new vehicle and they're there to help you save some money, get you in the car that you want to drive. And they are the solution provider for you, right? Yeah. That's most 98% of how those individuals work, right? They're just trying to put some food on their table, take care of their family. But if I say to you, used car salesman, I'm guessing you have a bit of a connotation in your head. Yeah, yeah, it kind of drops down a little bit. That's exactly the problem. And unfortunately, that is where I got involved. I got involved in a part of the industry known as trial continuity, which is not always filled and frankly, very commonly filled with the same types of people that you would associate with that underhanded type of sales maneuvers. I, I, I got, I've been caught in that before. Yeah. I know what you mean. That's yeah. exactly the problem. So this, these were the, the, the types of websites that you didn't really pay attention to what you were buying. Now, when I say that, I'm not suggesting that you're just willy-nilly entering your credit card. What I am saying is, look, Sometimes in our interest in getting satiated for ideas, right? In our interest of getting this new product, this new service, whatever it is, we just wait, click agree. Yes, yes, whatever the terms and conditions. I'm just going to agree to that. But, you know, there's a comedian that jokes. The cure for cancer can be hidden on the second page of the iTunes terms and conditions. <laughs> and we would never know. You, 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 you wouldn't. No, because no. who's got time to read 43 pages of legalese? Well, no. I'm, I'm going to have to now read that now that you mentioned that to see what's really there. <laughs> maybe, well, maybe it's, it's the grocery list. like get bread and milk when you come sure, over. Sure. Well, thankfully, thankfully, there have been some new helpful protective measures that weed out a lot of that, that bad news. But back at the time, Back at the time I was in it, it was really still a lot of the Wild West. It was a lot of the, the internet marketers that would do anything they could to try and make that sale, frankly. And I was associated with them, and, and I wasn't really saying anything. You know, I didn't sell any of their products. I didn't sell any of their services. But there's still guilt by association. Yeah. They're still not doing things the right way. And it took me a few years. And look, were, I got were, were you getting paid well in the meantime? Yeah, I, I was getting paid handsomely. Yeah. I was getting paid handsomely. And I could still, frankly, do that with, with one hand tied behind my back. Yeah. But I woke up one day. I woke up one day and I realized I can't honestly tell my children what I do for a living mm. and the people that I work with. And that was enough for me to say, I have to leave. I, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. That was enough for me to say, I have to leave this industry. And I didn't know where I was going to go, but I knew I had to get out. So how long had, they, had that been bothering you? I mean, was, was that a, like a couple of days or been bothering you for months? Or what, what, would, what was that? Frankly, it had been bothering for, for absolutely for months. And I was just turning that blind eye. You know, we, we ignore these problems sometimes. We just, we turn that blind eye and say, uh, it's okay because, and we give you these excuses, right? Yeah. It's okay, because, whether that's drinking too much, whether that's, you know, not paying attention to your family. We, we give these excuses of, yeah, but I have to do this. 
from yeah. a job. Yeah. You know, at some point that, that payment's going to come due. Yeah. At some point, it's, you're no longer going to be able to recognize who you are. Yeah. So were, were, were you feeling the emotional side of it, like the headaches and the stress and, and all that as well? Not headaches and stress. Uh, well, I should say not the headaches, certainly the stress. Certainly yeah. that it, it felt physically as though there was a weight, mm. not just on my shoulders, but on my chest. Yeah. And anytime I'd see a customer that they were having such a hard time, because they know they didn't read the terms and conditions clear enough. I knew oh, I have to, if, if these are the customers that are having a, a hard enough time with what I'm working on, I can only imagine the ones that are getting really swindled mm. and I'm sitting here and I know them and I can't do, do anything. That, that's nonsense. Yeah. I have to leave. I have to get out. Well, wait, wait, wait. without mentioning the seller, there was a time, like I said, where, where I got caught up in it. I ordered something online, and I thought it was a one-time thing, right? Mm -hmm. And then, um, unfortunately, I, or I don't look at my bank account as much right. as I probably should. And um, after a couple of months, I looked back and I realized that there were some charges there that weren't familiar. Right. And it took quite a bit to get it stopped um, and to prove that somehow I didn't know that this was the deal and this wasn't the fine print. Yeah. And I was, being, I was able to get out of it. It took about a month. Yeah. And then they... they um, did reimburse me for uh, additional payments because I've been willing to pay for that first item, but mm -hmm. it'd be like buying a pen for $20. And then every month you, there's a charge to get another pen of the month for 20 bucks that you didn't know you were getting. That's exactly it. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, that's considered a negative option. Now I, I don't want to suggest that negative options, all negative options are evil. Far from it. We, we use these on a regular basis every day, as a matter of fact. Your Netflix account is a negative option. You opt into a recurring charge until you tell them no, no more. Well, it's like the electric company. Oh, I pay them. It's a recurring payment. The mortgage absolutely. company, the gas company, you know, whatever. Um, sure. And it's, it's okay. Yeah, I did this. I'm more than willing to pay you 50 bucks a month for my electricity or whatever the number is. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So those negative options are around, you know, very commonly and even some very famous uh, internet and internet marketing companies do this. Look, like I said, Netflix, certainly, but you see Dollar Shave Club. Dollar wow. Shave Club is, is considered a negative option as well. You're, you're agreeing, hey, you're going to send me razors every month. And I know I'm not going to pay very much for them, but I have to tell you, no, I don't want any more. Yeah. At some, so you have to negatively opt out is what it's called. Mm -hmm. So it's very common, but unfortunately there are some folks that are very commonly abusing mm -hmm. that idea. Uh, and thankfully, thankfully uh, not only have, have some of the protections been put in place, but also the credit card companies have really gotten their, their, their wise uh, wising in up to the idea. And, and so they go in and have cleared out a lot of these, these bad apples. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd like to say, thankfully for me, I got out before that happened, but that's still an admission of, yeah, I was there. Yeah. I was there. I lost my soul in a way yeah. of what I was doing. And it was all just for the mon money game. Yeah. That was it. So, so, so tell us, you, you lost your soul. You had this incredible weight on your, your being mm -hmm. when you made that decision one day and you felt like you couldn't tell your kids what you did. And you know, you, it was really the, the dark side. Could you feel like that decision that one day was like a huge shift or did it take a while or what happened? Well, I tell you what, it's, it's as though I left a, an anchor mm -hmm. behind 
Mm. When I left, I left that anchor behind, but I didn't have a direction still. But it was like an instant release, like that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yet, ironically, and yet there was a good bit of a, a feeling of loss to it, as a matter of fact. Mm. It was a feeling of loss because it was still that comfort zone. It was still that this is what I knew. This was my identity. And here I've gone and surrendered that identity. What am I going to do? And I didn't have the slightest idea what I was going to do at the time. Mm-hmm. And how long did that take for you to find that next step, so to speak? That's a good question. That's a good question. Well, I had jumped straight in to helping a friend of mine right after that. And he's got a great product. He's got a great service. But my heart wasn't in it. But I was still there for a good couple of months, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to figure out how to help him the best. And that's when I actually got turned on to the books of Russell Brunson. Mm-hmm. Now, Michael, of course, this is where I met you. It mm-hmm. is through some of Russell Brunson. And, and I have to admit, I, I've got, there's a special place in my, my heart and mind for Russell Brunson because he teaches the exact opposite of where I was. You yeah. see, in the business that I was in before, it was all, well, let's put it this way. It was all a widget business. It didn't matter what I was selling. It was just a thing in order to get money, right? <laughs> but Russell Brunson, he spoke straight to what my core desires were in saying, look, you, the real business, the way to make that real impact is to actually serve the audience and over deliver to them. And seeing that, that really uh, changed my perspective of, oh, wait a minute, there is a a different way to do this. There is a different way to do this. Now, how do I go about it? And and this is where I came across, well, probably one of the most pivotal times in my life. And that was going to Russell Brunson's uh, Funnel Hacking Live. Mm -hmm. Now, I knew you were there. Uh, you were there just at this last one here in in Orlando, Florida, right? Yes, I was. And for me, that that was one of the most pivotal times for me because it wasn't just going to see Russell. It wasn't just going to hear and, and watch the amazing messages and the purpose of what everybody was there and going around the like-minded individuals. But it was really just a matter of what experience did I have then? And you, sometimes you can just pinpoint when it was, right? Sometimes you can just pinpoint and say, that's the time. The same sort of way that I can pinpoint and say, when I woke up and said, I can't tell my children what I do for a living. And I knew that was time to, to change them but I was still rudderless. I was still directionless. And that, that didn't come for me until I reached Funnel Hacking Live. But it wasn't, it wasn't all because of Russell. It wasn't all because of Russell. In fact, because it was in Orlando, Florida, I took my children and family along with me. Hey, look, sometimes, I, sometimes you got to admit you're a big Mickey Mouse fan. And, and I'll proudly wear that, as a matter of fact. So yeah, we got absolutely. the chance to go to Disney World, and I, you know, that was one of the, the best times, the best experiences I ever had. But something funny happened. Something funny happened. You see, before Funnel Hacking Live, just before it started, I want to say the day before, I happened to come across this quote from Les Brown. And it set in motion for me. It set in motion for me what I was called to do and how little bit on how to do it. Uh, Certainly what and who to help. And that was a matter of Les Brown's quote on the graveyard. Now, Michael, are you familiar with this quote? Um, re- remind me, I, I've, I've sure. met Les, and I'll tell you in a minute if we have time. Well, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Well, Les, uh, and I, like I said, I happened by this quote, and it, it really just was percolating in the back of my mind. After I, after I heard it, it stayed with me 
the entire time at, at Funnel Hacking Live. And that quote is, the graveyard. Les says, the graveyard is the richest place on earth. Because it's here you will find all the hopes and dreams that were never fulfilled. The books that were never written, the songs that were never sung, the inventions that were never shared, and the cures that were never discovered. All because someone was too afraid to take that first step, to keep with the problem, or determined to carry out their dream. And I knew he was talking to me. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. When I read that, I knew he was talking to me, and I knew I had to do something. I knew I had to do something, but I didn't know what. I didn't so let, know. let me ask you, how long was it from your epiphany, so to speak, that evil empire, evil internet empire can't do it anymore to the time you, you maybe came across uh, Les's quote and that you got to uh, the Russell Brunson event. I mean, was it a couple sure. of months? Was it three years? That was actually about two years. About two years. It was okay. about two years. And it almost felt in a way that two years was almost like a walking dead. It yeah. was almost this, this rudderless ship just adrift at sea. I, I was no longer weighted down by the anchor before by the evil that I was participating in before. But that didn't mean I have direction. It, it was still just lost and, and drifting and trying to find the right way. So it was still about two years time. Wow. So it, it was a while. It was. Yeah. It was. So from there, going through Funnel Hacking Live, and getting to see some of the amazing speakers, some of the ones that really spoke to me, for example, Rachel Peterson really, really spoke to me. I love Rachel Peterson's work. And going through, uh, I specifically remember uh, uh, Dave Lindenbaum and uh, Alex Sharfin and some of these just amazing people. And then it gets to, well, the, the coup de gras, right? Then you get to, to see Tony Robbins. And that one, that one, you know, I'd never seen Tony before. And that one was enough to finally have that last bit of who click in my head. Yeah. That last bit of who. And that, that right away, after going through Tony, I knew this Les Brown quote wasn't just speaking to me as far as I'm, I've been the one that's been holding back. I've been the one holding back from my contribution. I've been a holding back from my own uh, inhibitions because of this, but it was enough for me to say, wait a minute, that quote spoke to me so much because this is what I have to do. This yeah. is, this is that calling for me to help and if it's even if it's just a matter of one person i've known that's enough for me to feel that's a success yeah that just, enough just briefly i, I want to mention what affected me was tim tim barrett and operation underground railroad oh absolutely and when, when when i heard that um i mean i could feel it inside of me and um, in this, in where I live, I'm a foster care respite person for DHS locally for foster kids. And um, it kind of reinstilled that commitment that I had to kids because of this organization is involved in the abolishment of, of slavery and sex slavery in the world. And they related some of those um, operations that they did to rescue some some kids all around the world um and that just like it i could feel the shift in the idea that russell every time somebody you know visits their page and clicks on a button they give a certain amount of money to this organization and it's to me really what his organization, what Russell's organization is about, is being of service to the world in different ways and helping different individuals do the same. I just, I wanted to throw that in because, I mean, it, it even still now brings tears to my eyes, just thinking about 
I can remember that moment sitting in in the ballroom down there listening to um, Tim Barrett and Operation Underground Railroad and what was going on in Haiti and some some of the different places around the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Completely agree. Yeah. And anyway. Tim Ballard's an, an amazing man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm honored to have even been there. And well, see- he's a hero. Oh, very much so. Yeah, very much so. So let me ask you, before you went to that event, mm-hmm. had you thought very much about the hero and, and all that? Or was, was that something that came out more as a result of your experience there? Well, that's a good question. And that's a good question. Let me answer it by saying this. I'd always been in life, I'd always been attracted to these hero stories, the mm-hmm. ones that I grew up with, right? Now, look, I'm a child of the 80s. So I'll admit some of my favorite Transformers, for example, and G.I. Joe, this is what I grew up on, right? E-Man, master of the universe. And I was trying to figure out, look, I know what I have to do. I have to help others. Mm -hmm. And I have to help them overcome these inhibitions, the ones that hold them back from actually making this impact, not only for themselves, but for the rest of the world. And I'd been doing the same thing. I know what I'm called to do and I know who I need to help, but how do I do it? How do I do it? And the, these hero stories, this is what brought this up again. Because mm-hmm. in trying to figure out how do I get this message across, the thought occurred to me, the only message that I have always felt comfortable with are these hero stories. These same ones, whether that's He-Man, whether that's Transformers, whether that's, look, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. Superman. Superman, absolutely. Harry Potter, for goodness sakes. Any of these stories, any of these heroes has always been what I know I can lose myself in. I can just say, whatever's going on in the world, I know I'm going to have this. I'm going to have this adventure that I can live out. I can join in that process. And it was then, it was finally realizing then of this is the language. This is the language that I speak. How can I use this? Mm -hmm. How can I help this for others? Mm -hmm. Now, Michael, I, I I want you to do me a favor. Now, I know I've brought you through this before, but I want to bring everybody else. I want to bring the viewers, and I want to bring the listeners through this as well. Sure. So do me a favor, would you? Michael, if you would, pull out a, a piece of paper and a pen. And for all the viewers and all the listeners at home, I want you to do this as well. Pull out a pen and a paper. It's okay. I'll wait. I've got one right here. Wonderful. Wonderful. All right. Now, the, the listeners, do they have it? I certainly hope so. I think we've yeah. given them enough time. If they haven't, pause the message now yeah. and go get one. And then resume when you've got one. All right. So I want you to do something for me, Michael. I want you to write at the top of this paper. I want you to write what a hero, excuse me, I apologize, what I think of a hero, what I think of a hero. And everybody else at home, write this same phrase. What I think of a hero. Okay. And underneath, do me a favor and write down what are the first thoughts that come to mind? It could be a word. It could be a phrase. It could be a sentence. I don't know. Mine's a sentence. Oh, wonderful. You got to give me a minute to write my sentence. Take your time, take your time, write that down. Of course, our definitions, our first thoughts on hero, what I think of a hero, they're all going to be different. Mine, for goodness sakes, was changing robots and, you know, a half-clothed man pulling a sword out and saying he has the power. This is where I went, and this is what I thought. This is what a hero meant to me. It could be a matter of justice. It couldn't mean, right, the American way. It could mean helping the innocent. 
It could mean powerful or righteous. I don't know. These are your definitions, not mine. So what what you think of a hero? Michael, I tell you what, why don't you share, uh, if you would, what what do you think of a hero? Well, it's interesting. We went through this process before. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've, I've still got that filed. Um, but I think this is probably pretty close to what I wrote before. And what, what I just wrote now is somebody that brings light to the dark parts of light. It's amazing, though, how much of that, because I love that phrase. I love you saying that. How much of that does applies to Tim Ballard, who you mentioned a moment ago? Phenomenal. I mean, here's this guy. He was special ops guy, did all sorts of operations around the world, involved in eradicating terrorism, and found these hell holes of the world where a lot of this sex slavery was going on, had a friend of his whose child was kidnapped in the United States and still, I don't believe, has been found after eight or ten years and made a decision to leave Homeland Security to be able to go out there and to help change the world and literally abolish slavery in the world. It's his mission. Huge. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm in awe every time I see that. Yeah. See him and see his message. So let me touch on this for a moment. Because whatever you wrote down and whatever the viewers wrote down and the listeners wrote down, we're all going to have our own definitions of this. Mm-hmm. We're all going to have our own definitions of what is a hero. And when I was going through this process, I got to thinking. You see, when I started studying what was it about heroes? What was it about heroes that called me? Why did I always go back to these hero stories? I happened by the book, The Hero of a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell. Mm-hmm. Joseph Campbell, you may not recognize offhand. Some of you might, of course. But Joseph Campbell was the first one to popularize the idea of the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Imagine some more of you are familiar with that concept, the hero's journey. And I started studying this hero's journey and something fascinating came about from it. You see, like a hero, I realized I was having a call to adventure. There was something more out there. There was something more than what I had been. For yourself too, I imagine, right? Yeah. There was this call to something more. And yet there was something holding us back from it. There was something holding us back from starting down that road. This wall of sorts that was holding us back from even going down that way. Whether it's a matter of comfort, whether it's a matter of getting out in front of people, getting on stage, right? Maybe this is your wall. I don't feel comfortable being in front of people. The hero has this call to adventure and has to leave home. They have to leave this comfort zone. They have to go and be beyond what they've ever been. You see this in literature often. You see this in literature, for example, uh, Frodo, right? Frodo and the Lord of the Rings. If you remember the film, for example, The Fellowship of the, of the Ring, there's a very poignant part where Frodo and Sam are leaving the Shire and they're walking through a field of green grass. Mm-hmm. And they stop right at the edge where it goes from green, a lush green field, into brown grass. And they stop there and Sam says, if I take one more step, I'll be for the furthest from home I've ever been. And too often this wall is what holds us back. Too often this wall is what holds us back. It's not until we push past this wall that we're able to reach this outside world. You go from the known world, you go from the comfort zone into the unknown world. Problem is, the adventure is not done there, is it? 
the adventure is not done when you leave home, when you leave the comfort zone. That's just the beginning at some point. It's just the beginning. As a matter of fact, there are some heroes that don't even reach that part. They don't even reach that part. And I'll touch on this in a moment. Once you leave home, this is where the, the hero reaches the road of trials. The road of trials, of course, maybe in business, for example. This could be where your competition exists. Mm-hmm. This is where the, the people that say you can't do it, whether it's friends or family or just somebody you meet, they say, oh, it can't be done. These are the enemies, the road of trials. And certainly this is where the haters, the online trolls happen in business. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Don't ever buy this. I'm, I'm not happy with this, even though it was my fault that I spilled the spaghetti on me. It's your fault because you sold it to me, right? Yeah. From the road of trials, the, the hero reaches the abyss, the cave. This abyss is often where we feel we can't go on anymore. I should just turn around and go home. I should just turn around and go back to what I've always known. Entrepreneurs certainly have this, this fear in us of, can I keep going or should I just turn around? Should I just turn around and go back to what, should I just go get a job? If you leave your job for something else, if you've been called out to something more, should I just go back to the industry that I knew? Should I just go back with my tail between my legs, back to the same company that I was working with before? You see, this abyss is often the furthest from home. It's where the hero doesn't recognize themselves anymore. And they say, I can't go on. I should just go back. And sometimes you need that little bit of a help to get there. See, it's not until after the abyss that the hero is able to claim their prize. But the prize, interestingly, the prize isn't always what you thought it was. You see, you may have started going out for riches. You may have started your business just to get that money. But a funny thing happened on the way. It wasn't there. You were no longer that person that was just out there for money. If you were, you'd keep it for yourself. Instead, you became a new person. Whether that's entrepreneurship, whether that's going out and doing something different, trying a new food for goodness sake, learning a new language, traveling the world, going someplace you'd never been, meeting someone new, striking up a conversation, skydiving, whatever it is, you've gone through, you've claimed this prize and you've become transformed in some way. Russell Brunson, of course, and Michael Haig refer to this as the, tr- the, the hero's two journeys. You went on one journey to claim the prize, but what really happened was a journey to become transformed. Mm-hmm. And I imagine at this point, Michael, you've had that transformation yourself. I've, I've had a few of them, Steve. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. And now comes the question of, are you going to return? The hero has to return somehow. They have this prize. They can either keep it all to themselves and not share it with anybody. Or you can do business the right way. And you can bring that prize to somebody else. And you can show them how to do it as well how they can go through that same journey with you. And you can be that guide. You can be that mentor. And this is what that hero does. The hero actually returns. Now, heroes, funny thing is, we always have this tendency to think that it's this mythical, above everybody else, power that I don't have that I can't do, right? We always have this tendency to feel 
it's not me. I can't do that. This is somebody else. Somebody else has been called to called to this. Yeah. So some some of the best heroes, if that's the right term, best heroes that I know are unknown. Absolutely. In the world. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, some of them are unknown because they don't make it back. They just keep the prize to themselves. And yet some, some aren't seeking the fame and fortune. Some are just seeking, let me do the small bit. Let me help one person. Or it might be a large bit, but they're still doing it quietly. Absolutely. I have a mentor like that that's who's the head of one of the largest electrical companies in the world and lives in a ranch outside of where, where I am in, in central Oregon and does some really remarkable things and spends his time truly helping other people. He doesn't need uh-huh. money because, you know, it, it has nothing to do with money. It has to do with being essentially that quiet hero. Absolutely. Not everybody has to make a fuss about it. Not everybody has to get out there. Look, everybody's got their own superpowers, right? Maybe that's speaking in front of the crowd. Maybe that's just helping behind the scenes. Whatever the case may be, these heroes, right? These heroes have these tendencies. Now, I've I've brought – I'm going to apologize for the people that can't see it, but I'll walk you through – at least through my voice, these heroes have the same tendency. See, the call to adventure, the wall, the trials, the abyss, the prize, the transformation and the return. You see, Joseph Campbell, when he wrote A Hero of a Thousand Faces, when he realized these tendencies of the hero, He wasn't just conjuring something up. He wasn't just creating something. What he was doing was noticing that these stories, these themes happened again and again. And these hero stories would commonly have these aspects, right? The call to adventure, the wall, the trials, the abyss, the prize, the transformation, and the return. Now, let me ask you... Michael, where would you say you are at this point? Um, What are the bottom two again? The abyss, the trials, the abyss, and the prize. And how, how would you define transformation and the return? Sure. So the the transformation is you have gone for something. Maybe that was monetary gain. Maybe that was, oh, just to have an adventure, just to go skydiving, for example. But you become transformed in some way. You are no longer that same person that you were before. Well, certainly that's true with me. I'm I'm definitely have transformed. Absolutely. And I was trying to think the return and the why. Sure. So the question then becomes, what is this return? How are you bringing the prize and this transformation to others so that you can guide them on the same path? I imagine you have a, a special feeling for that, that return, because you can see yourself in that journey right now the yeah. return to bring that prize, to bring that transformation to others. That is the purpose of your book. That is the purpose of your podcast. So you can bring that same prize to others. To show other people that they can experience that too and have that too when they're Absolutely. ready. Yeah. Absolutely. Now there's a part, there's a part here that I didn't mention. I apologize if this is backwards, but, there's a part that I didn't speak of. Can you read that for me? Oh, yeah. I, I call that in and out of the cave, the refusal yeah. of the call. <laughs> the refusal of the call. You see, it doesn't happen in all heroes' stories. 
the refusal of the call, but it certainly happens in many of them. Let me give you some examples. Luke Skywalker in Star Wars, of course, is told, we have to go save the princess. We have to save the princess and fight the empire. And Luke says, I can't do that. I have to go tend my crops. Mm-hmm. Frodo is handed this ring of power and Gandalf tells him, we have to go destroy it. And Frodo says, I can't do it. Gandalf, you do it. Refusing the call. Harry Potter, Harry Potter even is told, Harry Potter, you are a wizard. Do you remember what Harry's reply is? I don't remember. Tell me. Harry says, (laughs) Harry says, I'm not a wizard. I'm just Harry. I'm just Harry. I'm just a regular person. There's nothing special about me. Mm-hmm. Funny thing is, though, that's where heroes come from, isn't it? Heroes are always just those regular people who choose to be something more, who choose to uncover and go beyond that wall that's held them back. They leave the comfort zone and go from the known world to the unknown world. Harry Potter by the way, walked through a wall to get to the wizarding world, Mm -hmm. to leave the comfort zone of home, of what he knew. The same sort of way when you decide to go on a brand new adventure, when you decide to take up a brand new challenge, you are leaving that comfort zone of what you've known and going into the unknown world. But you say... Steve, some heroes are just like that. Some heroes, they're, they're just special, like Superman. And I say, ah, I beg to differ. You see, Superman on his home planet was just like everybody else. He had to leave home in order to become that hero. Joseph Campbell, when he wrote The Hero of a Thousand Faces, he didn't just conjure these ideas up so that we would have books to read, so that we would have a way to tell our story in business, so that Hollywood would have a way to turn out successful hero franchises in the movies. He didn't write this on his own. See, what Joseph Campbell did was he studied the heroes, the myths, the legends, and the stories from history. The stories from history, again and again, followed those same things. The hero leaves home, has this call to adventure, but must get past a wall, something holding them back. They go through the road of trials where the enemies are before they reach the abyss and wonder, can I finally, can I actually go on? It's not until they get past that, the hero must be able to reach their prize. But the prize isn't always what they expected because it's transformed them somehow. Mm -hmm. And now the question becomes, does the hero keep the prize to themselves, or do they bring it to others? You see, Joseph Campbell was recreating these themes that happened again and again across history, across humanity, across cultures, in our stories, in our myths, and our legends. These stories and myths and legends so often have a moral to them, don't they? These morals, the purpose of the story is to show us the blueprint this blueprint of how we're living and how to do it and where we've been and what comes next. These blueprints are there to tell us how to live because these blueprints, these myths, these legends, and these stories are stories of humanity. They're stories of you and I. Well, there's hero stories everywhere. The world is built on it. If these stories are stories about you and I, what does that make you? That makes you the hero of your story. 
no matter how much you want to fight it, you are the hero of your story. Now I'm going to ask you to do something. That sheet where I ask you to write something down. On the top of it, I ask you to put down what I think of a hero. Do me a favor. Cross out the word hero on the top of that. And in its place, I want you to write myself. What I think of myself. And read that list again in your mind. In mind or out loud? Why don't we have yours out loud? Uh, someone that brings light to the dark parts of life. And that is why you are here, my friend. That is the purpose of your book. That is the purpose of your podcast. That is why you are here to help people. You are. My mentor to you um, that lives out on the ranch. And we talk several times a month anyway. We sit down and chat for a couple hours over some coffee. And um, I was telling him recently that, um, you know, he, he knows my story and, he knows my book, and, and he knows that at one point um, I was living in darkness, so to speak, and um, a milestone came up last week over that, and I said, you know, I just kind of like feel like being staying home and being quiet. He says, no, you can't do that. You have to have a party. You have to have a celebration. You have to invite other people there that can see you as an example that you can overcome those dark parts of life. That's exactly it. You so see, he says it, it, the celebration's not for you, it's for them. That's exactly it. Yeah. So what he's trying to tell you is you have that prize, you've had that transformation, you must return to bring this to somebody else. Yeah, exactly. If you keep it to yourself, you're not, you are not fulfilling your hero's journey. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I believe that. So, so Steve, I, I would love to be able to talk to you for hours and hours and hours all afternoon. Um, but as we come down to, to the last few minutes really of our call today, the exercise you just walked through anybody can do. That's and hopefully some of the listeners have done that. If somebody wants to, to reach you and to, to learn more about what you do in helping other people, again, I mean, if Superman was around today, he might be hiring you right now. Well, maybe he is. Maybe he's already hired you, but you can't tell us. But how can somebody find out about you? Where do they go for more information? That's a great question. I'll tell you what, I'm going to make it easy for you because I've got a long and complicated last name. If you are ready to find out how you can utilize your superpowers and how you can best serve your audience or somebody else, reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you. You can find me at herocrafting.com. That's herocrafting.com. Perfect. And, and I'll put that in, in the, the little information about the show, too. I'll put that website link there as well. So it's there. Please. I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to see how else I can help someone else. Yeah. Well, I, I know other people that um, you have helped, too. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted to bring you on the show is because I know you're really helping people recognizing themselves. and. I would ask you the question, Steve, of um, the same question you asked of, of me that, that I came up with the answer, what I think of a hero, mm-hmm. and what's your response to that? Uh, I tell you what, uh, let me see if I can pull it out right in front of me. And of course, I have my note. Oh, here it is. I have this, as a matter of fact. What I wrote for myself. Authentic, present, leader, fair, just, protective, certain, and a crusader. 
Wow. And so now you, that's myself, you, mm -hmm. is now those things. Where before you were in the dark side of the internet, so to speak. Oh, yeah. I and wasn't, I wasn't. now you've gone through your journey to recognize your own hero. Correct. I certainly wasn't acting just. I wasn't being protective of others. I wasn't being authentic. I, I certainly wasn't being powerful. Not fair in any way, shape, or form, and, and far from a crusader. In fact, I was being exactly the opposite of a crusader, always hiding myself and never speaking up for what was right. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you were willing to take the journey and to now help other people recognize that in themselves as well. Again, if you want more information um, about Steve and about uh, Hero and Hero Crafting, I love the name of, of that website. It's herocrafting.com. Please go there and uh, to find out more about uh, maybe what your inner hero is and, and to learn more and to see perhaps what some, some other people have done as well to recognize their inner hero, you know, and how, how to bring that out. Um, so again, Steve, I, I would love to have you come back sometime and, um, you know, maybe we can spend all afternoon or all evening talking about this and um, doing something again in the future. And it's just been, again, wonderful to hear your journey uh, and how you are now helping people today. My pleasure. My yeah. pleasure. Thank you so for again, having me. Yes, absolutely. So again, herocrafting.com, you, you'll see it in the information before or below. And uh, remember, you can, you can still get a free copy of my book, Falling Down, Getting Up. Easy website too, fallingdowngettingup.com. So again, th this has been Michael Harris uh, and Steve. Bartetsko. Bartetsko. See, I like it. You pronounce it better than me. And um, share this, you know, with your friends and let them know about this too. And maybe you can be a hero to somebody as well. So have an incredible day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, everybody.